Salvation is just the first step in God's plan for our lives. If you'd like to know more about salvation, just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net and click on the Salvation tab today. Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to you this morning. I've had so many thoughts because uh, I've had too long to think about it, so I probably won't get them all in. But uh, I, I want to talk to you about the fact that I, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many of you are not ashamed of the gospel? Hallelujah. Praise God. I, that's not original with me. I stole that from the Apostle Paul. In Romans 1.16, he said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. I want you to know we kind of limit what the gospel is. We think about the limit, the, 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 the idea that Christ came into the world, that, that we were able to get saved, and that's the whole point. Can I tell you that the point of Jesus Christ coming into the earth was not you going to heaven? That's what we think. That's the byproduct. That is not the, a goal. The goal is not to get people in heaven. The goal is to get people into relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus came so that we could boldly go into the throne of grace and we could walk before God himself. You see what happened when the gospel came into being, it, came, it was birthed in a little manger, sweet little baby child. I started to have Jeremy put on an explosion but I want you to know when Jesus entered the earth in the spirit realm, there was, a, there was an explosion that rattled heaven, earth, and everything in this universe. There was this explosion because the kingdom of God had been reintroduced into the earth in the form of a little child. And it wasn't something that was insignificant. It changed history when he came. Come on, give God praise. The gospel is the power of salvation. It's not just the power to get you to heaven. It's the power for you to be able to live here on earth and not just live any kind of life. It's here to, so that you might live an abundant life. It's here that you might live an empowered life. It's here that you might walk in accordance with Jesus and not in accordance with the things of this world. Amen? We are, we are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are birthed in a whole different place. When you came into to, to Jesus, Christ, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, the Holy Spirit came to abide inside of you and the kingdom of God was made manifest in you. Now, if you got the Holy Spirit in you, stand up. Well, you got the Holy Spirit in you, stand up. Stand up. Well, you got the Holy Spirit, stand up. Now, I want you to know we've been praying for heaven to come and touch earth. Heaven to come and touch earth. Heaven to come and touch earth. We're asking for open portals. We ask for these open portals, and I know where we get that. We get that from, from when Jacob was laying on the rock and the angels went up and down and traversed. But can I tell you something? If the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit, listen to me now. Listen to me. If the Holy Spirit is in you, guess what is touching the earth right this minute? God in you is touching the earth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the portal of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can have a seat. I don't think you understand what I just told you. I'm going to ask you to chew on that. 
I'm going to ask you to chew on that. You see, because what happened when Jesus came, he came to change the... We look at Simon, and he changed his name to Peter. And we think, that's cool, he changed his name to Peter. How many of you know he changed Jacob's name to Israel? He changed Jacob's name to Israel. <laughs> Big deal. You know what my name is? Herman Edgar Mason the Third. How many of y'all call me Herman? You don't, do you? Because when we talk about Herman, we talk about pastor. Or you talking about my dad. I talk about me, why? Because my mama gave me a name, and it's Eddie. She changed my name. Big deal. That's not what Jesus did. That wasn't some nickname that Jesus gave to Peter. What Jesus said is, I'm going to change your identity. When you receive Jesus Christ, you got an identity changed. When, when, when God spoke to Jacob, he said, I'm going to change your identity from that of a deceiver to God is real. God is the great I am. God over him. He said, I'm going to change your identity. And so when we come into Christ, our identity is changed. Will we accept that new identity? You see, except you take ownership of it. If you say Eddie and I'm in the room, I'm going to respond. You know why? I have ownership of Eddie. If my grandson's in the room, you call Eddie and he's going to respond to you. But if, you, if, if, if Pastor Herman's in the room and you call Eddie, you're not going to get a rise out of him. Why? His identity is not found in that name. What we do is we're still responding to the name that we had before we were saved. We're still responding to that name than the name that Jesus gave us when we came into Christ. And he said, you are brand new. You're a new creation. You're now a powerful creation. You are my witnesses in the earth. You have been brought to bring forth praise in the earth until I return. You are not something ordinary. You are something extraordinary. You're not just a human being. You're a God-filled man or woman that will be translated from this body into a resurrected body and you will serve and worship the king forever and ever and ever. Come on, grab hold of who you are. But you see, I can tell you that all day long and until you take ownership, until it becomes yours, it is not yours. I can give you gifts all day long. I can give you watches. I can give you cars. I can give you homes. But if you don't take it, it's not yours. God said, I've called you to walk in my power. I've called you to walk in my glory. I've called you to walk in my presence. I've called you to walk in an intimate relationship with me. I didn't call you just to get saved so you could go to heaven and live like hell. I didn't call you for that reason. I called you. I didn't call you so that, so that you can just try to live by the law. That's not what I called you for. I called you to be a manifestation of my love in the earth, and I've called you to love those that are around about you until they want to know what's different about you, and you begin to declare, Jesus Christ changed my identity. I no longer am after, named after this world. I am named after the world to come. That's who you are. That's who you are. I don't know about y'all, but I screw up sometimes. Although, if the Holy Spirit's honest with me, they not screw up, say sins. Uh-oh. Anybody in here besides me commit a sin every so often? 
Thank you, brother. I appreciate your honesty right there. Yeah, God bless you. The rest of you liars, and I got to tell you, liars will go to hell. So just, just kidding, just kidding. We know we do. And so the next day, guess what? We want to get up. Do you know it took Jacob 20 years before, a little over 20 years before he accepted the identity as Israel? How long is it going to take us before we accept the identity that Christ has put on us so that we can walk in the power of who we are and walk in the power of the forgiveness of sins that God has for us? You see, his, his word says his mercies are new every morning. I can fall down today and I can wake up and I can be in that same empowered position in the morning because he has forgiven me. He has washed me. He has put my sins as far as the east is from the west. I don't have to go back and identify with the world. What the enemy wants to do is he wants to call me by my old name and have me respond by my old name and say look at you aren't you something else you out there sinning and you call yourself a Christian you call yourself somebody that follows Christ you dang right I do because I'm not trying to get in a relationship with Jesus on my own merit I can't earn it I can't buy it I can't work hard enough for it Jesus Christ paid the price so that I might enter into relationship with him that I can pray he will hear and I can walk in the power of his perfect love Amen. Amen. I'm a child of the king, and if you ask me, that's what I'm going to tell you, too. Most people want to take our identity from the work we do. What are you? I'm a pastor. No, you're not. No, you're not. First and foremost, you're a child of God. Your allegiance is to the kingdom of God. You see, we have an allegiance to this nation, but my first allegiance is not to this nation. My first allegiance is to the kingdom of God and God himself. Do you love God? Listen, he called you into a whole new realm. He called you into a whole new area. You see, we, we don't completely understand what happened, that gospel. But he said, he said when he came, he was going to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Can I tell you, this is the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the year whereby people might get saved. This is the day where people might enter into that relationship with Jesus Christ. Why? Because he went to Calvary and he shed his blood, didn't he? We know that. And yet we keep silent about it. God said, I got a powerhouse walking through the earth. At least the United States, when they wanted to demonstrate, they sent up a jet with a new nuclear bomb, said it was nine times stronger than the one they dropped on Hiroshima. At least they put it in the air so somebody could see it. What I'm telling you is you need to put your flag in the air and let somebody see that you're not like the rest of the world. You're different. And you better act different. You walk under a new banner. The banner you walk under now is the banner of perfect love. And so we have to walk in that place that we've been called to. We need to walk in that place that we, we understand. You see, you've not only been empowered by the Most High, but you've been able to walk into the kingdom and you can see the manifestation of the kingdom. How many of you saw the manifestation of the kingdom this morning? A couple, three, four. It's didn't because you weren't looking through spiritual eyes. You see, what happens is we try to look through natural eyes for things that are happening in the spirit, and we absolutely miss it. God said, I've called you to be a supernatural being. I've not called you to be natural. I've not called you to look at things through your eyes. Yeah, come on, give God praise. I've called you to look at things through the spirit. 
And you see, when this worship team went off this morning, it wasn't them that went off. It was the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the kingdom. You don't think that was a presence of the kingdom of God and the Holy Spirit that was being made manifest? You just don't walk in that. That was the power of God being made manifest through worship right here this morning. And it caught on and it was contagious. And we were able to enter into that same presence with him. It was made manifest on the earth. If you're not saved, you can't see that. You know something, you can come in here and you can be unsaved and you can sing, you can dance and, and rejoice and have all kind of fun, fun with that robe and a ring or ring and a robe, whichever one it is, I'm not sure. That's a good song, man. It's a catchy song. You can snap your fingers, beat your feet, clap your hands, do whatever you want to and not know a thing in the world about what he's talking about. But when worship breaks in, those people are going, what, what, what's happening? Listen, I've had people come to worship services, get up, leave, send me text, or not text, but emails, and say, I think we felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, but it was so strong, we won't ever be back. I go, what? We had people come to a guy that was just playing the piano. He was anointed. He's playing the piano. A friend of ours had invited him. He went to, his friend went to him the next day and said, well, how'd you like that? They said, we don't know. What was that? What do you mean, what was it? It was a guy playing worship. We were entering into worship. Both of them said, we never felt anything like that. He told him, he said, I'm sorry. That was just the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you know what they told him? We, we don't want that. Made us feel funny. How many know the Holy Ghost will make you feel funny? Come on, yeah. He will. He'll make you laugh. He'll make you enjoy. So, so, you know, what I'm telling you is we have the power to see what's going on. We get up in the morning, we look outside, and you don't see God. It's funny. I see God when I look outside my, my, my uh, garage. I look outside. I see the sun shining. I see the leaves. I see all this taking place. I see the changing of the seasons. I see those things taking place. And I say, ah, oh, God, you're so good. I can't believe you're going to let this, this, this go dormant now and you're going to wake it back up next spring. You're going to resurrect it. And I'm going to get to see this resurrection one more time if I live. And I just can't help it. It's just the manifest kingdom of God in the earth. You know what happens when it rains and the storms? I look at the lightning and I say, God, you got a lot of power. I'd, I'd rather be in a rainstorm than on a sunny day. I'd rather be where the lightning is exploding in heaven. And I go, God, what a fireworks show you putting on. Well, it's just hot and cold coming to get, not in my mind. You can say that all you want to. Somebody bring, bring that hot and cold together. Somebody has to make that thing happen. Somebody released the first lightning bolt. And I happen to believe it was God himself. And so whether it's raining or, or whether the sun's shining, I can see the manifestation of the kingdom. I go up to the, I go up to the, uh, to the uh, drive-through, and somebody's there. And I, last time it happened about a week ago, and I could tell the girl over there was just in a terrible, terrible place. And so I asked her. I said, "Are you all right?" And she said, "Yeah." I said, "No, you're not. No, you're not." I said, "I'm gonna pray for you. Tell me what's going on." And she began to tell me. And I said, now I'm going to pray for you right now that the peace of the Lord would be upon you. Now, there's cars backing up behind us. But I'm going to pray the peace of the Lord would be behind you. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? She said, yeah, I do. I said, do you pray? She said, yeah. I said, well, just begin to thank him. And all of a sudden, 
you could see the worry lines disappear. The smile turned up on her face. And I saw the manifestation of the kingdom of God. Not the presence of Eddie. Wasn't my presence that changed it. It was the Holy Spirit. You know, and the thing is, that without the Holy Spirit, you don't see those things. You're not even looking for those things. I'm going to challenge you this morning to begin to look because you can begin to point them out to your friends, even your lost friends. Now, they may think you've gone Looney Tunes, but that's okay. Let them think you've gone Looney Tunes. The truth of the matter is, is you seeing something that they don't see. You see, without the Holy Spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom of God. But once you've gotten, once you have the Holy Spirit, you can enter into the kingdom and you can take a look around. And if you look, you'll see what God's doing in the earth whether you know it or not what's going on in Israel right now God's got his hand on that if you'll watch together what's going to happen it may not be the the very thing that's going to happen it's a precursor to what's going to happen in the end times at least because what happens is Iran is going to ultimately join which they pretty much have then you watch and see if Turkey doesn't join in with what they're doing and see if Russia doesn't join in with what they're doing and all of a sudden you've got the triumvirate that they were talking about that the of the ancient nations coming together against one nation, Israel itself. You don't have to believe me. All you got to do is watch. Just watch. It's going to happen. Why? Because I am no longer blind to what's happening in the earth. I see. You see, the problem is the enemy has us so focused on what he is doing, little h, that we can't see what he is doing. And if we focus on what the little H is doing, we will miss the manifestation of the kingdom, not only in our lives, but in the lives of our family. I'm making any sense to you this morning. You understand where I'm coming from? But I want you to know he didn't just give you that power for you to use for you, which is what some of us want to do. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Pour more and more and more on me. Well, Ellie, you got a house. You got a car. You got food. I know, but Lord, I need a better car. I need a new airplane. Don't get too quiet on me out there now. If you're always playing bless me, guess what? You could never intercede. interesting thing that I've just read Moses went up on on Mount Sinai to take get the law and when he got ready to come down he saw a bunch of debauchery going on below him Moses was overlooking the law and overlooking them and he was heartbroken and God said I'm going to kill them I'm going to kill them and Moses began to intercede for them you know why he began to intercede he began to intercede because he said, God, if you do, your name, your name, your name will be dispersed all over the land. Now, I want you to know you don't play tricks on God. You can't get God to do that if, he, if your heart's not real. God, Moses was so in love with God that he couldn't stand the thought that God's, God would be put down, would be blasphemed in the earth. And so he prayed, he interceded on behalf of God's own name that God would deliver those people.
Because it wasn't about Moses. He had already told Moses, I'll just take you and we'll go start over. Which to most of us would have sounded like a good idea. If you've ever been around that many people that create that many problems, it probably was a good idea for him. But Moses said, no, if, you, if, I, if that's it, I'm not going. Take me too. Now, understand, they didn't catch God off guard. God knew exactly what he was doing. He was challenging the heart of Moses to see if his heart lined up. The problem with us is we've been empowered, but do we love God that much? Do we love God enough to where that we're willing to intercede for a lost people and do more than just, than just stand in front of God and say, God, will you do that? I mean, he interacted with God on God's level until God said yes, and then he went down, and then he got mad, and he had to go back up, and God said, uh-uh, you did it that first. I did it the first time. You're going to do it this time. And so, you know, it, it made him angry at what was going on. But it didn't make any difference. His heart was still after God. Acts 1.8 said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He didn't say you might be, you could be, you should be, you got to be an evangelist, you got to have this, you got to have that. He said, uh-uh. All you got to have is the Holy Spirit. And if I'm not mistaken, when I ask every one of you to stand up, if you had the Holy Spirit, you all stood up. So if you're, not, if you're not being a witness in the earth, you're misusing what God gave you. That's just the truth. And we've been called to be witnesses. What else? Otherwise, if we weren't going to be witnesses, they might as well just take us right on up. I don't know about you, but, but there's a lot of mess goes on. Not only are the nations boiling, our nation is boiling. And they think what they need, they can, they can fill through some kind of idolatry instead of understanding that it's through Jesus is the only way that they're going to meet their needs according to, to God. And so they don't know. But they don't know what they don't know. And if we don't tell them, they're still not going to know. Are you a witness for Christ? You see, the world doesn't have any problems sharing what they've got. What did Caleb say last week? I went on a fast, and the first thing happened, everybody started offering me food. <laughs> Man, you need food. I'll give you food. Not when, he, not when he's eating, when he got hungry. Been on a job site, guy said, hey, you want a cigarette? You want a little, you want a little, little toke off of this? I'll give you a little toke off of this. You need a little cocaine? I'll give you a little cocaine. I don't mind sharing with you. Share with you everything I got. All those Christians, uh-uh, I got the Holy Spirit, and I'm keeping it all to myself. I got the goose that laid the golden egg, and I'm, I'm taking all the gold. Doesn't work, doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. Let me just be real honest with you. You won't be blessed unless you're blessing others. You can't walk in the fullness of blessings. Now, you're saved, and I'm not saying you're not. But if you want to walk in the fullness of blessings, you better learn how to bless other people. One of my favorite stories that Pastor Herman tells was when he was going to Cracker Barrel. Somebody slipped $100 in his pocket. And he had a $100 bill. Now, if you're a pastor, that's, that's a lot of money. $100, a lot of money. He got a $100 bill. So he grinning from ear to ear. The waitress comes up and God said, I want you to give that $100 bill to that waitress. What? God, I just got this $100 bill. He said, I don't care. I want you to give it to her. God, that's my $100 bill. They gave that to me. 
God wouldn't let him rest, so would he? He reached in his pocket, he took out the hundred, and he gave it to her and blessed her. And I mean, he blessed her, and she was blessed. And he got to minister to her. I think he and David were there together, and they got to minister to this woman. Why? Because of $100. Herman's riding along. Like, he's feeling pretty good about giving it. He's riding along afterwards, and he said, he said, Herman, how much money did you have when you got to Cracker Barrel? He said, well, none. He said, so that $100 really didn't come out of your pocket, did it? Herman said, no, sir. He said, it came out of mine, didn't it? Guess what? If God asks you to give, he'll give you what you need to give. Amen, because that's the operation. Yeah, give God praise. That's the operation of the kingdom. That's the way we bless. We bless and we bless and we bless and we give and we give and we give because we were put here to do that because that's what Jesus Christ did for us. You see, we, we shouldn't have any problem telling people about Jesus. Luke 12, 8 says, And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, before who? Women are included in that. Everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, also will acknowledge before the angels of God. I tell people all the time that God has put their arm around them and he's gone through heaven and declared that you are his. People say, I don't believe that. That's the scripture for it. God is not ashamed of you. And if you're ashamed of you, it's because you're listening to that old identity and not into the new identity. And you're walking according to the old ways and not in the new way. And the new way is a way of freedom. A new way is a way of forgiveness. The new way is a way of power. The new way is a way that has spiritualized and not naturalized. Just telling you. He said, don't be ashamed of me before men. You better confess my name before men. You better tell people about me. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. Wow. You see, we were created in the image of God. God is a life giver. If you ever wonder why God hates certain things, anything that brings death, God hates. Let me say that one more time. Anything that brings death, God hates. Who are you giving life to? Who are you giving life to? You see, the people we bring, we bring Jesus to, we're giving life to them. Now, whether they accept that life or not, that's up to them. But our job is to bring it to them. Last week, I told you about uh, Navy SEAL, Chris Kyle. Interesting man. He's the one they made the movie about. Um, forgot what the name of it is, isn't it? Sniper? American Sniper. That's right. And, of course, I know that was Hollywood and glamorized and all the other stuff. But the truth of the matter is this man did that. But he told a reporter one time, he said, if you ask me whose life is more important, mine or yours, I will always say yours. That's exactly what Jesus did, isn't it? That's exactly what the apostles did, isn't it? Until we can come to the point to where that we are not guarding and protecting ourselves so much because the only life we want to save is our own life. 
We can't do what God calls us to do. We can't walk, walk in the greatness of power. I'm not telling you I'm there. When I read that, it about knocked my socks off. I went, wow. What that man was saying is, I'm willing to die for you. And he wound up dying for a drugged out vet that he was trying to help. I'm not saying I won't kill you. That doesn't make any difference. All the apostles were slain. D.L. Moody, the great, great evangelist up in Chicago, had built a reputation, particularly building Sunday schools. Huge Sunday schools. Three pastors in the town got together one day and they came up to Dwight D.L. and they asked him, said, how are you getting so many people into Sunday school? We're struggling to get our churches to grow at all, and you're just bringing them in by the handfuls. And D.L. had an apartment right there in downtown, and he says, come on up here with me. They went up to the third floor. He told all three of them, he said, go over there and stand at the window and look out. And they started looking out. First one, he asked, he said, what do you see? He said, well, I see people going up and down, going in shops and doing this other thing. He asked the second one, he said, what do you see? He said, well, I see automobiles running up and down. He asked the third one, he said, what do you see? He said, well, I see vendors out there. And they turned around and D.L. was crying. And they turned around and said, Pastor, what's bothering you? All I see is lost souls. When I look out that window, all I see is lost souls. Who do you see? Who do you see? Wish I could say I was in that point too. I sometimes am, sometimes I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. But I know one thing. God's put, God's put a goal in front of me. He's opened my eyes because they're spiritual eyes. And I understand what he's saying. And I want to challenge you too. He, you're an empowered person. You're not a nobody. You're not an it. You're not shameful. You're a son or daughter of the most high God who's been empowered to be a witness and to manifest the kingdom of God right here on earth. What are you going to do about it? I'm going to get you to stand with me. Maybe you've never walked in that identity. If you hadn't walked in that identity, I want you to invite you to come right now. If you've been listening too much to the old identity, I just want you to slip up your hand. Being called by who you used to be. Yeah, amen. 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 Anybody here? Do you know who you are? Do you know the power that you walk in? Do you know whose name you carry? God always said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want you to understand this. In the gates of heaven, he also said, I'm the God of Eddie. He's not ashamed to identify his name with my name. Why? His son paid for it. He made it available where I will be his bride. I will forever carry his name with me. If he can't say that about you, you need to get saved. You need to come to Jesus. Pastor. Mm.
I just think if uh, if that message spoke to your heart and you just need a touch from the Lord to remind you of your new identity, I'm going to ask you to come down here and stand with me. You don't have to wait on anybody else. You can bring a friend if you want. But you know, sometimes we all need that reminder. You know, we can be ministering and ministering and ministering and forget who we are. But God has set you apart. He's called you for a purpose. Wherever you're at in your life, whatever job you're in, whatever school you're going to, you're there for a reason. And it starts with that identity Dad's talking about. If you don't know who you are, you can't help anybody. You can't help anybody. You're either going to believe what the world says about you or you're going to believe what God says about you. And we know how we believe based on our actions. So who's running you around? I struggle with people pleasing every once in a while. I don't want people to be upset with me, so I end up doing more than I should sometimes rather than trusting the Lord to do His thing, right? I just want to encourage you that you don't have to walk out those doors not knowing. You don't have to walk out those doors not knowing. I don't care how long you've been following the Lord. God loves you, and He made you special, right? He loves you very much. This is what I think we ought to do to close service out today. Uh, I think Bobby Shane was the first one I heard use this, and that's when it resonated with me. But but he just he just said for us to repeat, I am who I am, says I am, right? We know I am as God, right? And so we're going to say that. And when you say it, I don't want you just to repeat it because I'm asking you to. But I want you to listen to what you're saying because it's the truth. You are who God says you are. Amen? Somebody repeat after me. I am who I am says I am. Do it a little louder this time. I am who I am says I am. All right, do it so that everybody outside these walls can hear you. Amen? I am who I am says I am. Praise God. Give God praise here in this place today. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.